The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Lift your hands for a moment. The presence of God is here. Like your presence. There's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like your presence, Lord. There's nothing like you. There's no one like you. Oh God. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Mm-hmm. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Pleasures forevermore, pleasures forevermore at your right hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's healing in his presence, there's healing in his presence today. Come on, just let him touch you. Come on, disconnect your car- the carnal mind. It's at enmity with God. Put that away. Come on, open up your heart to the move of the Spirit of God. Just let Him touch you. Oh, there's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like your presence, Lord. Nothing like your presence to me. Healing. Freedom. Come on, just lift your voice and thank Him. Where would you be without God? Come on, just a moment longer. Press in. Lift your voice and worship Him in your 
own way. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory. every hungry heart touch every hungry heart every man every woman every child be filled be healed breakthrough here today come on some of you need to pray it's like there's moments that come listen to me listen we're not a, we're not we're not the kind of folks that just come and have a little religious meeting and go home that's not us we don't do that I got a message to preach but maybe I won't preach it I, I, I'm not sure I just know this there comes moments like this when it's like the heavens open and and the Lord just says go ahead Go ahead, write the check. What do you need? What are you asking me for? We're in a moment like that right now. There are times when the heavens are brass and you need to fast and pray and, and believe and, and, and just break through. Then there's times where you broke through. I'm telling you, and you might be riding on the faith of some other folks, but that's okay. Come on. It's okay to ride on somebody's coattails too. You can create your own hope in heaven. But I'm telling you right now, there's an open heaven here right now. There is a release of answer to prayer. But some of you have not been praying maybe the way you need to. I'm telling you, lift your voice right now. I prophesy to you there's breakthrough available for you, your family, our community right now that's not available necessarily at other times. There comes these moments right now. Come on, what do you need? Your wayward son or daughter. Come on, that... That breakthrough you need in your marriage, maybe. Come on, your friend who's addicted to drugs and headed down the pathway to hell. Come on. Come on, what's, what most concerns you today? Just talk to God. Don't be all religious and worry about it. We're going to take a moment, just a moment now. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Ask Him for it right now. the freedom to pray in the spirit go ahead and pray lift your voice lift your voice lift your voices lift your voices and pray 
there's a number of people here. You've got family members and they're in the clutches of the enemy. I see as you're praying right now, I see cords being severed. I see like a giant sword coming out of heaven and cutting off the cords and the chains. I see chains falling off of loved ones today. Right now, I can see it. Oh, reconciliation, Lord. I see families being reunited. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. I'll be giving you praise. Come on, someone say hallelujah. Put your best hand clap together for God and say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We want to pray over some folks uh, that have becoming formal members this morning. He said, what? what's formal membership? Well, we believe in covenant relationships. And formal members, being a formal member is stepping forward and saying, I agree with the vision. I agree with the, the doctrine. I agree with where we're going. I'm all in. I'm in. And uh, it's just making that statement and declaration. And it's a tremendous privilege. Not every church has that. Some do. Um, and, and we certainly do. It's, uh, we, we vote congregationally. You'll see in the book of Acts when they reorganized things, they voted on who should be the people that took place to distribute the food. And the apostles said, far be it for us to wait on tables, but we're going to give ourselves to the Word of God. Now, the, the Word of God also consists of waiting on tables. Also. And what they did to solve the problem in the church is they voted, and you'll see that they... Uh, elected, the congregation chose these men that were filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom, and 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 they brought them, and they're the ones that began to do the distribution for the um, for the Hellenistic Jews that were being the Gentiles weren't in the church yet. There's Hebraic Jews and Hellenistic Jews. There's a Greek-speaking Jews, and and they were being ignored there in, in Jerusalem. Come on, somebody said we need a first-century church. First-century church had problems too. And they prayed and they, they changed the structure. And we have uh, a great opportunity of being a part of a, a church that has a congregational model in voting for, land, for things like land and, uh, and, and changing things and moving forward and selling land and so on and so forth. If, you all, if our congregation didn't vote to buy our new piece of property that we now own that we got for 25% of what it's worth appraised for, it's worth $4 million. We bought it for one. Somebody say hallelujah buy low, sell high, which actually we did. 12 years before, we bought low and we sold it for high. And we went back and God gave it back to us. And 12 years later, what are the odds of that? Totally amazing. It's the fingerprint of God. But if we, if we had a congregation that didn't have faith, we wouldn't have done it. But we have a congregation full of faith. And, and, and people that are formal members are, are really the congregation that's able to vote. Come on, you ought to be, if you're committed to something, you're in covenant, then that ought to give you a right to say something, right? All right, I'm clearly leading this work here and in the state of Alaska and have the privilege of being over the, the U.S. team also. There's a number of churches there underneath Dr. Morocco, who's our senior, senior guy. But this is a great privilege. And so we're going to call these folks up. We're going to pray for them. And this Friday, everybody say this Friday. Um, you can sign up and be a part of that and go through the class and we'll feed you dinner. Praise God we get to eat. Say hallelujah. <laughs> we serve you, serve you a wonderful dinner. Pastor Karen, would you come and read that list for us, please? And if you've gone through, uh, you've gone through this, but you have, and you've been interviewed, but you haven't come up yet, and your name's not read, would you please come? Sometimes records, things get misplaced. Pastor Karen. Right. 
Okay, um, when we call your name, if you could just come and stand up here and face the congregation. Uh, Craig and Trish Robinson, Mary Lebrec, Shani Dean, Lisa Creighton, Barb and John Ramos, Agnes Beans, and Joshua Phelps. All right, come all the way down. Let's get right in the center. All right, good. Wonderful. Let's pray for them. Reach your hands towards them. My pastors to come, ministers to come, please. Father, we thank you for these precious ones that have said yes and have covenanted together with us to see the vision of KC move forward. Currently, the one, two, three vision. We'll have 100 churches in the United States, 200 international works, and 30,000 disciples weekly. Within the next four years, we'll reach that in Jesus' name. God, here in Alaska, you'd help us to be do our part of that one, two, three vision. Lord, I pray you'd find a place. You'd help them to find a place of service. And you would release all of their gifts and talents. would be given expression here. So way, when on the day of judgment, which we're all preparing for, they would hear, well done, good faithful servant. Bless them. Bless their families. I pray over them. A canopy of anointing that rests upon this house. Meet every one of their needs and bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Put your hands together one more time. Wonderful. Would you stand up on your feet, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis as we begin a new series. Genesis chapter 1, if you have a Bible, or a, 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 it's on your smart device, or your tablet, you open to that Genesis chapter 1, beginning a new series entitled, In the Beginning, Foundational Truths from Genesis. You all there, Genesis chapter 1, and uh, we do have notes for you. I would encourage you to go ahead and read those uh, and fill in the blanks as we move along. It'll help you to remember it. Uh, there's a, a series. We'll go through the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis, which are packed full of revelation, and it's going to really help us to have a, a foundation on which we can build our lives. Someone say amen. amen. I'll talk about that more in a moment. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do Right now, would you just begin to pray? Pastor Karen, would you help me, please? If you're in the building. Very good. Minister Micah, would you help me? She's okay. Come on, just pray. Everything's fine. Minister Micah, would you come? Very good. You may be seated.
beginning of a new series. Uh, you know, foundations are important. This morning when I was awakened so abruptly by two earthquakes is actually what it was. Uh, the second one, would larger, being large, larger than the first, started two seconds after the first one started, as I understand it. My immediate response was I was on my feet praying in a heavenly language that I don't ever recall praying in before. And I, as I'm praying, I, the next thought I'm having is about my house. Because uh, we, we, we moved our house onto a foundation. It was already built, and we were able to move it and put it on a foundation. I was there when it was set on the foundation. And I was there when it was ratcheted down onto those, I think it's called the plates or whatever it was, whatever the construction. I got that right? Anyway, so I, I was there. And as I'm, as I'm riding my house, come on, somebody know what I'm talking about? I was like, hey, come on. Woo, thought I was surfing again. Walking through my, my bedroom, I thank God that I know exactly what, what, how that foundation went in. And I saw all those things ratcheted down as my house was shaking. I'm like, yeah, it's all good. The next place I went was to my, my daughter's room and checked on her. The second place I went was my son's room. Then I ended down in the living room and was rejoicing that everything was going to be okay and realized that's a pretty big earthquake. The Tower of Pisa. Anybody ever seen the Tower of Pisa? Not built on good foundation. Yeah. And it, and it leaned. Did you know that it was going to fall over? They, they did the math. They were concerned it was going to fall over. So what they did is they, they dug out from under it and straightened that thing up just a couple degrees to make sure it didn't fall over. And they, and they said that it will last another 300 years or so. See, what's significant about that? What you believe, ladies and gentlemen, is important what you believe. It is actually the, the building blocks of the foundation of your life. And if you have building blocks that are erroneous, if, you have, if you're not built on truth, come on, Jesus said it. If you build on sand, it's going to be a problem. If you build on the rock, then it's going to stand when the shaking comes. And there is coming a great shaking to the earth. Don't, don't be mistaken in thinking there isn't. I grew up on the eastern end of Long Island, and on the end of Long Island, there was a place called Napig Stretch. And I remember seeing... Uh, houses, well, let me, let me first tell you that in that part of the Atlantic, there's the primary dune, the secondary dune, and the tertiary dune. And city slickers, they would love to come and build their big, beautiful million-dollar homes like on the, on the third dune. I don't think you were allowed to do the primary or the secondary, or, but I think there were some ordinances where you could do the secondary. But all the local people, they call them bonnikers back where that was from. And they're all fishermen, and they're all native to that land. And everybody would watch these houses go up and just go, that's stupid. You know, they would face their houses dead into the wind when, a, when the, colonial, the colonial builders would have these salt boxes with the, forget the view. You're talking about having your house being blown away. So they would have these roofs that pitched towards the wind, the prevailing wind that would come. And when I was a kid, I will never forget seeing a house floating on its roof in the ocean, upside down, after the storm is over. No more house. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be floating on my roof. I'm going to finish the race. I'm going to do what God called me. How many, how many of you want to see your family established firmly on the rock, the bedrock of God's word? And we need to understand these first 11 chapters are profound in significance for us as believers. In fact, they're profound in significance for all of humanity. 
And most people never really work through these foundational truths from Genesis. And we're living in an information age. I'm right to your notes now, if you will. And that our faith as Christians rely squarely on the bedrock of God's impregnable word, his immutable word. It does not change. There is no shifting shadows in it. It's clear, especially when you study it. Find a contradiction and say that you found one. It's only because you've not been trained and educated in really what it says. The word of God will last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. And so the word of God, your life, my life, our lives need to be founded on the word. And when you remove the word, you get in trouble. We live in an information age where that, that, that you know, Horatio Stapford thing I read to you was right off of the internet. I got it in about 30 seconds of punching it into my phone. Never before have we lived in a day and age where you can get so much information so quickly. The problem with that is there's a lot of misinformation. The problem with that is that there's a lot of false teaching, doctrines of demons. There's a lot of things out there that you don't want to base your life on. And in fact, if you do base your life on it, you'll be like that house. It's floating by after the storm comes. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> TVs, magazines, movies, books, internet, all of these shape our thinking whether you realize it or not. Be careful, little children, what you see. Be careful, little children, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Am I the only one that knows that? It's true. So you have to be very careful what you're looking, what you're reading, what you bring into your heart. Guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. And so many people have swallowed, you know, hook, line, sinker, trailer, waiter, boat, the whole thing. They swallowed everything and the lies that are pervaded uh, throughout our, our, our Western civilization. And I'm going to correct some of those from the Word of God in this series, in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. So that you have a firm foundation in which you can build the rest of your Christian life on. So we embark on this marvelous journey. Let's look at this text today, just three verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You say, well, what are you going to say about that? Well, I, there's a number of things that's amazing. One, there's not a discussion of whether God exists or anything like that. It's very clear. It's just God, God exists and he creates heavens and the earth. And uh, it's, it's not like I try to argue with somebody. He created the heavens and the earth. And the interesting thing says, in the beginning. Everybody say, in the beginning. When you start a race, has the race begun? Yes, the race has begun. What do you think happens when the race is over? The end of the race. If there's a beginning, there's an end. And scripture talks about that. He's not only in the beginning created things, there's a process that takes place. At the end, there's an end of time. There's an end of time. Some people think that basically the, the universe is eternal. The cosmos is not eternal. And there are people that actually worship it. And you can read about Romans, how they... they they, though they can see God through his creation, they, they don't yield to that. They begin to worship animals and four-hoofed things and so on and so forth in the creation. Universe is not eternal. Say the universe is not eternal. Universe is not eternal. The universe is not God. 
So when you look at the stars on the Milky Way and you see these pictures from the Hubble telescope, it's absolutely astounding, but it is not God. He created that. Now, if God created that, he's pretty big. Our universe is 100,000 light years across our universe. That means the, 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 the time it takes for light to travel, 100,000 years, the, amount, the distance that light travels in a year, it takes 100,000 years for it to travel just across our galaxy. Our galaxy, you listening, is one of 50 billion galaxies. Just ours. We don't even know how planets don't crash into each other. My, my, my. So if there's a beginning, there's an end. Another thing is that of our understanding of time. God's outside of time. And so when you read in the beginning, it's talking about time. It's when time started in the beginning. The the Bible talks about time coming to a close. When it rolls up like a scroll. We just sang it, Pastor Alex. When it all rolls up like a scroll. The trumpet sound. He descends with a shout. Eastern mysticism see time as circular. And, and they, they, they get this idea of the transmigration of the soul. The transmigration of the soul is another word for karma. So in other words, the idea is because time is circular and it's not linear, that when even if you don't figure it out this time in your life, then you can figure it out later. How many of you know that's a bunch of rubbish? Okay, they call that karma and the transmigration of the soul. I had to fix my shirt. Sorry, I'm okay now. <laughs> the transmigration of the soul. And so they say, well, that's karma. Oh, you better be careful. You don't do something bad because it's going to come back to you. Is that true? No. It is absolutely true. Come on. Seed time and harvest. But they're calling it something different. We believe that. We believe, yeah, we believe you, what you sow, you'll reap. So do not be deceived. God is not be, will not be mocked. What a man, whatsoever a man sows... He'll reap. You can sow stupid and get stupid up on you. You can be, how many of you know you could be a real mean, unkind friend? Guess what you're going to get? Mean, unkind friend. You can sow finances and you get finances. Listen, you can sow cars. I've given away watches. You know, I get watches. Just happens. How's that? It's seed time and harvest. Come on. If you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap destruction. You sow to the Spirit, you reap life. But we don't see time as circular like Eastern mystics do, Eastern mysticism. It's not circular, it's linear, meaning it has a beginning and it has an end. And God's already been to all of those places because He's outside of time. He is, in fact, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're not on a merry-go-round. Thank you. Know, I don't never liked merry-go-rounds. The horses creeped me out and, and all of that little clown. I just never liked it. They're just weird, you know? I, I don't like merry-go-rounds too much. I mean, maybe you like merry-go-rounds. I never liked them. They just did the, the eyes on the horses. Just kind of creepy, you know? When I was a kid. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I never liked clowns too much either. There was this one clown in my cousin's house. It was a demonic picture. Do you remember that thing? It was like the devil with a clown outfit. To wake up, ah, see this thing. God created the heavens and the earth. 
And so the, the moment, this moment, like right now, just left and it's not coming back. So your life, as the Apostle Paul said, is but a vapor. You're never going to get this day back. This day is going. And we're already into it. It's 1232 or something. It's 1232. It already left. And so, so all, you, all we have is, is, is life, the moment that we have. The, the, the Bible says in Hebrews 9, verse 27, it is appointed once for a man to die, and then the judgment. So you don't go round and round. You don't get another chance. And if you didn't do right, then you know, you're going to become a rabbit or something. No, you're going to die. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're, one day you're going to die. Yeah, every one of us are going to die. And the way that you live your life, the decisions that you make are going to determine where you end up. In the, you'll see you're an eternal being. Your, your flesh is going, to, is going to go into the ground. From dust, from dust we came and from dust we return, as Job says. But you're going to live forever. Your spirit lives forever. And you get a glorified body. And as I've told you before, I'm convinced that mine's totally shredded. I mean, just like <laughs> ripped. But then I have the thought that what we think is like great, maybe, you know, being lean and in shape. Maybe that's not God's perspective. Maybe that's just something that's been created by our culture because, you know, years ago there was it was in being like really large. Come on, somebody. So I've had the thought that I've had the thought that when we get to heaven, maybe we're not ripped at all. Maybe we're not lean at all. Maybe we're just gigantic. Just... You know, one of the benefits of fasting is you get to lose some weight. Sure got to be careful afterwards, though. Okay, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. So if you fast for a long period of time, and then afterwards you just eat like... Like, you know, like it's going out of style. You get to go twice as huge as you were. So the Lord's going to help me. Somebody say hallelujah. All right, where are we? It's interesting. I didn't really talk about the deists, um, so I probably should. Uh, deists see, the, the, the best illustration, I've shared it many times before, the deist looks at, looks at creation like God made it, but he wound it up like a clock. I have a clock, and I have, it has three different locations to wind. One is the chiming, and the other one is the bell, and the other one is the actual movement that moves the hands. And then there's a pendulum that goes back and forth. It's one of my very favorite things that I own. It was, it was given to me as a gift. And I have to wind that. It's got a seven-day movement on, and I have to wind it every seven days. And uh, the interesting thing was nobody wound it when I took my trip for ten days. And it kept going. No, the interesting thing was it never stopped, which was amazing. It was not supposed to go for seven, and it went for ten. And I got back, and I knew it was not going to be moving, and it was moving. I like the fact it doesn't have a screen. I like the fact that it was made by hands, and a man put that together. And it just really blesses me to wind my clock. And it's taken me probably ten months to get the, the exact height of the pendulum so that it has the right time. It only loses a few minutes every couple of days now. And so I've got just a few more adjustments. It's a little screw on the bottom. 
The deist sees creation like that. They see that they believe in God, believe that God made creation, but they, it's like he wound it up and he made it and he lets it go and then he watches and see what will happen. That is not the God of the Bible. God made it. The beginning, there is an end. He made you. He made me. He made creation. Let there be light. We still have it. Here it is. And he's intimately involved in the affairs of mankind. And he, we are actually the apple of his eyes. Somebody say hallelujah. We're the object of God's affection. They're, whales aren't like you. I'm going to get into this here in a little bit, but I just got to preach myself happy for a second. You're not like a whale. You're not like a seal. You know, and you didn't come from apes. Darwin repented at the end of his life. Go study it. Darwin, the theory of Darwin, evolution. He said, I was just proposing a theory. Actually, I don't believe that. I believe in, I've seen too much now. God. In the beginning, God. And you still have a bunch of people that are trying to stand on evolutionary theory, theory with no, uh, no fossil record that can make the jump. All right. You can look up creation science and look at different things. Let's get back into our notes. Fascinating. It's an interesting Hebrew word here for create. It's bara. The transliteration, meaning it's a, it, it, the Old Testament written Hebrew, small section in Aramaic in the book of Daniel. But when we're talking about transliteration, we're, we're talking about what it would sound like in English written with our alphabet. How many of you know Hebrew is a different alphabet? The word transliterated is bara, and it means to create or transforms. It's transform. It's six times create. Is six is written six times the word bara just in this chapter, and it means to create something from nothing. I know some great, uh, some great people that know how to do furniture and things like that. I've, I've seen beautiful pieces of furniture. How many of you know, seen, you know, dovetail, beautiful pieces of mahogany and things like that. It's just amazing that man can make something like that and work at a skill and improve. Even that shows that we're made in God's image, right? But, but the dude, the carpenter, the, 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 the furniture maker didn't make the wood. You can dream of things, and you know, we're beginning to talk about the, how, how man is, is significant and made in God's image, which is really another message later on in our series here. We've been dreaming and planning and, and talking to uh, church growth people and designers across America about our church building. We have spent painstaking hours going through the rooms, preparing the design. It wasn't a design that just we pulled out of some magazine, oh, we want this. No, we, we, we created it together because we're unique our church is unique we have unique needs it's just not a, a box when I mean, it's not thrown up a gym we're putting together a 41,000 square foot building and it is going we're going to break ground in the spring in Jesus name say it we will break ground in the spring will you continue to believe for that number of major things that need to happen but we're going to break ground in the spring that's what we're believing for keep saying it every time you drive past reach your hand towards that blue barn and say, we're going to break ground in the spring. Thank you for our new building. We've designed it, and we got that idea to the architect, who then began to put up dimensions, and then we corrected things, and we went back and forth and back and forth, and now we have blueprint. Guess what's going to happen from the blueprint? We're going to make a beautiful building, because we can't fit in this one, and we'll sell this one. Somebody say hallelujah. But we can't make concrete. You know, I mean, well, concrete we can make by mixing components. Do you understand what I'm saying? God barak, God created the heavens and the earth from zip. In other words, he's outside it and said, hmm, bam. And he made heavens and the earth. 
He didn't take something to make it. He spoke it and created it. Kind of amazing. He said, whoa, that's heavy. Come on, someone say that's heavy. <laughs> created out of nothing. And it also speaks that God is transcendent. That means he's outside of creation. You say, well, isn't God among us? He is, yes, by his spirit. And he walked the earth for 33 and a half years. Jesus, fully God, fully man. The three-in-one God. He's the creator. Different than pagan thought, that is. You didn't come from the primordial slime. They believe that the gods and the goddesses crawled out of some soup. And they're, they're capricious. They, 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 they do, do whatever they want. They're fickle. They just kind of blast people or maybe they'll let them live. And the Greeks made Greek mythology. Mytho- the God that we're serving is not a myth. He's real. All right, now the earth was formless and empty. Look at our next point here. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. Another interesting word here. Everybody say tohu. Wa, bohu. All right, again, trans, that's right. Tohu, wa, bohu. Very good. Very good. Who was that? God bless you. You got it. Tohu, wa, bohu. Try to say it 10 times. Don't, I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Don't do it. Or you can go with Minister Micah and he can quiz you upstairs. Amen. Tohu, wa, bohu. Say it. Tohu, wa, bohu. What does that, what does that mean? It means formless waste. Uh, Calvin, the 16th century theologian, called it confused emptiness. And uh, some theologians and rabbis have suggested that there's a gap here that God created. So God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2 is the earth was formless and empty, tohu wabohu. And they've suggested that between verse 1 and verse 2, it's called the gap theory. Everybody say the gap theory. So it's suggested that God created everything, created the heavens and the earth, bam, it's perfect. And then the gap theory suggests that something came and destroyed the earth. And what, what some say is that Lucifer, who said, I'll ascend to the sides of the north, was at that time cast down to heaven, and he was so irritated that like an angry grizzly would clear about a quarter acre once it's wounded, that it would just, he just wiped out everything and there's all this destruction. It's a nice theory. It, maybe it's true. But for me, in the, in the uh, context, the grammar, the Hebrew structure, and the framework of the passage, I don't believe it's saying that. I believe it's talking more of a progression, a process of creation where God takes chaos and brings order. And perhaps I'm wrong, but that's what I see in IT. I submit that to you for your own study today. So you go study to show yourself approved and figure out. But don't just read stuff and go, yeah, that's when the devil came down, verse 1 and verse 2. Maybe it's true, but maybe it isn't. You know, so you have to, you know, study. Don't just swallow. It's a cool idea. Maybe it's true. But I, from this Hebrew grammar structure, so on and so forth, from my studies uh, and from my uh, discipleship from doctor, I, I just don't, Dr. Morocco, I just don't see it. The, the process of creation, God takes chaos. He takes what? He takes chaos and brings order. He takes darkness and brings light. Light. Even in our own lives, that's what God does. How many of you just had a world of chaos, but then you invited the Creator, you invited Jesus into your life. He took your jacked up, messed up, toe up from the flow up life, and He brought order, He brought structure, He helped you. Come on, some of you couldn't even pay attention. 
Now look what God's done for you. He brings order. It's interesting when Jesus rides the fulfilling Zechariah 9 that on the foal of a donkey that had never been ridden before, that Jesus would throw his Galilean leg over the donkey and ride in, in this worship procession as they're waving palms and, and the Pharisees and Sadducees said, tell them to be quiet. And he said, ha, if they're quiet, even the rocks will cry out. This moment, that, that day that he was riding and was foreseen by prophets of old, how do you ride a foal of a donkey and not... A, that's called a rodeo for most people because you can't ride something that's never been ridden and not have it kick and buck and shirk and jerk. Why? Because he's a prince of peace. He's a prince of peace and he brings order. He brings structure. Come on. He took a jackass and he rode that thing and you might be like that and he wants to change your life. Come on, somebody say amen. It's King James vernacular. Got somebody's attention. They were asleep, but they're awake now. <laughs> Some of the things that pastor says. I... Come on, say, God's the author of life. I'm going to have to remember that. Thank you, Jesus. Don't ever forget, God's the author of life, and he brings order. And the Spirit of God fluttered or hovered over the waters. Fluttered, hovered is the Hebrew word there. It's a picture of wind. Now this is amazing if you get a hold of this. So here God spoke. God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And can you go ahead and put the, the verse of Scripture up for us? Genesis 2. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, to understand what that is, the word hovering, you got to study. What is hovering? Come on, you know what a hovercraft is? How does a hovercraft hover? Air. That word is a picture of fluttering, as another version says, or hovering. It's a picture of the Spirit of God as, as like wind coming over the earth, bringing the next step of creation in the waters. And, and it's kind of amazing. You know, it's amazing to me is on the day when the day of Pentecost had fully come, there came a sound of that of a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Spirit came like wind. The Holy, Holy Spirit came and hovered over Mary. Supernaturally, she became impregnated with the Son of God. The creation, the hovering of the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit and the Word working together. It's the same way that it has to happen in your life. It's the Word operating through the Spirit, bringing creation. We've said it this way here in KC. We love the Word. I love teaching the Word. I love preaching the Word. Going to bring the Word to you every time we're together unless the Holy Spirit wants to do something different. And I've spent hours and hours and hours preparing at times, and some of you pastors and people know what I'm talking about. And then the Holy Spirit says, no, um, actually, you can maybe preach that later, but I'm going to touch people, going to flow in healing today. And you can miss that, quench that, because of the amount of time that you spent, and you're like, you know, it's my message. Well, then maybe it's just your message. 
But when the Holy Spirit uses vessels like you and me to bring the Word and the Spirit together, it's then that there's liberty and freedom. Come on, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Say it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That means this. When the Holy Spirit is allowed to be Lord, then chains fall off, then people are set free, then there's the miracle power of God, then there's creative miracles, and God still does creative miracles. I, share, I shared about my mama. My mom, you lost your kidney when you were in your 20s or something, right? Say it again. After my first child was born, my kidney failed during the pregnancy. And they had to remove your kidney? Yes, I was very ill. Very ill and almost even unto death, but God intervened. And so for all the years that my mother prayed me in, God bless your mom, I was thanking her for that. And uh, all these years we've had healing, all those healing meetings we've been in, I mean, you'd go up front and go get healed of whatever. I mean, it's one thing you got a cold. It's another thing you have, you know, maybe a kidney infection. If my mother got a kidney infection, um, this is very serious now because we only have one kidney. And so she would go and get prayer and so on and so forth. And we believe for, I mean, all those meetings, all those meetings, believe for creative miracles. I've prayed for you to get a kidney. And, you know, she never got one, so we thought. A few years ago, she went and got checked out and, you know, your kidneys are on either side of your body, right? So she went and got checked out. Yeah, there's no kidney on the one side that it was removed. But God gave her another one. And it's north and south. They're over the top of each other. She has two kidneys right now. No, I'm serious. Some of you, some of you look at me like I'm crazy. I'm telling you, God can do creative miracles. We saw this, we saw this lady who had been horribly in a horrible, tragic car wreck. And, and had to have surgery, and all of her organs are over on one side. She was in these meetings that I just came back from. She got prayer, and man, that woman got so touched. She was back, and she was able to sleep, lie on her back. She says, I think my guts are in the right place now. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, say, touch my guts. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> my friend, he was here recently, Mike Ware. Uh, they went and had some food with some Africans in a, in a, uh, in a, in a village in Africa. And, and they, they put together this meal for them, and they made you know, some kind of Cajun. It was a Cajun dish. He's from Louisiana. How many of you like gumbo? Yeah, he makes the most crazy gumbo. He's going to help us to learn how to do that here next time he comes up. And so he made gumbo for these folks, and... And they were eating it, and the, the one man who could speak some English but couldn't really, you know, wasn't totally fluent, said, oh, pasta, my guts are worshiping. <laughs> my guts are going to be worshiping here just tomorrow, praise God. All right. And God said. All right, everybody say, and God said. So, so it's, it's the Spirit working through the Word. And, and, and back and forth. I mean, I don't know how you... You don't want to get all crazy on you, but the truth is it's both. The Holy Spirit, the agent of heaven, operating through the Word. He sends forth His Word. It doesn't return void, but it's the Holy Spirit that brings the miracle. Did you catch that? See, that's why you need both. I've seen people that have studied so hard. They have, I mean, they have more degrees than a thermometer, and they can't cast out one devil, can't get anybody healed, have zero unction, zero authority, zero... Power from the Holy Spirit. You think, my gosh. See, some of you think that once I just become a, once I can just get my license or once I can just study more. Listen, I believe in studying, but studying is just one side of it. 
You have to learn to flow and learn to respond to the Holy Spirit. If all you do as the Spirit is blow up, some of you have seen that. Some of you have seen some people all blown up. Shirking, jerking, no character, no, no grounding in the Word. They, they have no foundation, and when the wind blows, they're going to be blowing like a kite out there somewhere, except it won't have a string. If all you do is have the Spirit, you're going to blow up. Pentecostal churches are known for blow-ups. What I love about the vision of KC is we are all into the power of the Holy Spirit, but you're going to get the word too. And we pray like salt and pepper just put upon that thing, just becomes this powerful meal that changes your life. You get the word and you get the spirit because that is the components in creation. You see both. You see, you need to decree a thing and see it established. Then you need to put your faith to it and see it come about. Come on, someone say amen. I'm encouraging myself. All right, let's get to the application here. I just, I'm going to land this plane in about four minutes. Jesus, help me. You ready? Pastor Alex, would you set me free, please? Come on up. All right, foundational tool. Let's put, let's put some foundation blocks in. You ready? Here we go. The first thing is there's five things. First thing, God is first. Say it. God is first. It's first and foremost in our lives. The greatest commandment. Does anybody know the greatest commandment? You love the Lord your God with all your... Yeah, that's right. If you just do the first one, it transcends all other nine. Do we need to obey the Ten Commandments? You better say yes. Do we need to obey the Ten Commandments? You're not saved by them, but they do reveal to you that you need a Savior. They really be like, I come really sure. Yes, I know. That's why you need a Savior. You don't need a rule book. You need a Savior. God's got to be first. Everybody say, God's first. Yes, he's not a cosmic bellhop. He's not at your disposal. He's not the sugar daddy in the sky. It operates, he operates in your life out of relationship. And other things, uh, if other things are more important to God, you've made an idol. It's very simple. You say, well, how do I know if it's more important? All right, this is going to sting for some. What you think about the most, that's your God. So some of you is self. Listen, all you have to do is go, to, go look at how many selfies somebody takes. They might be worshiping themselves. They might not be. It's not for us to point the finger and say, oh, that's an idolater right there. But you've got to examine your own life. You know, if your whole life is driven by just getting money, and you work and work and work and work, and you, you neglect your family, you neglect the Lord, and you don't come to church, and all you do is about work, 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 I'll tell you what your life is about. It's about you and your money. And you and your work. Okay, so that would be an idol. Do you have any idols in your life? God's got to be first. Do you have any idols? Ask yourself that. The, the second thing is be careful of pantheism. as the belief that everything, God is in everything and everything is in God. That's not true. And it's, you know, what's that Pocahontas movie? What is that song? I forget the song. Some, some pantheist worship song is what it is. You're in the leaves. You're in the trees. No, he's not. God's not the trees. He's not the leaves. He's not the stars. He's not in the water. He made all of that. He's not. Come on. You can sing around and hug the tree and just like, can you feel it? Oh, God, he's everywhere. No, he's everywhere and that he's omnipotent, but he's not everything. Okay, that's called pantheism, not Christianity. Very good. I'm going to move on to the next point. Be careful of that. Don't fall victim to the lie that we can commune with nature. Stop talking to trees. Stop. 
You're not supposed to talk to trees. You're supposed to talk to God. Now, when you see trees and how beautiful they are and how the wind blows. Man, I've had creation. God has used creation to talk to me and confirm the call of God on my life. He used creation to talk to me to confirm that I was supposed to marry my, marry my wife, to marry Karen. I've told this story before. But, you know, I'm running up the hill near Puuhoolai. You know where that is? I'm jogging. I'm running. And one of Karen's, Karen loves, Pastor Karen, she loves raptors and birds. And she'd work with them for a season and owls. She just, she's like them. I'm running up this hill. It's excruciating. It's in the middle of the day. And I see a, an owl, a, a large Hawaiian, was it Pueo? Is that it? I got that right? Flies right across in front of my face. And I don't mean like 10, you know, 10 feet. I mean like close. Like I could almost feel the wind of this. And their wingspan is like, what, six feet, five feet? They're big. They're not small. Flies right across. I'm running. I'm like, whoa! I stop. And it lands on a branch 15 feet away from me on the other side of the road, maybe 20 feet away. And, and I'm just thinking, whoa. I stop running. I'm like, wow. And the power of the Holy Spirit falls on me. I mean, like, all my hair is standing on end, and it's the Lord. I'm like, oh. And this, and, and immediately the thought is like, is Karen my wife? And the, and the owl goes, I was like, yeah, come on, thank you, Jesus, Woo! and the thing just goes, and it flies away, I'm like, yes, God, that's a true story, come on, smile, it's funny, it's a true story, that's what happened, all right, where are we, Jesus, help me, I'm still fasting, have mercy, I got three minutes, don't miss tonight. But you cannot commune with nature. You commune with the God who made it. And when you see the, the moon and the stars, what is manful that thou art mindful of him? You're, you are the most special thing in all of creation. But when you see creation, the stars and all of that, and I mean those, those aurora borealises and northern lights, it was like God just taking out this paintbrush. Just When you see it, you just be like, ooh, he's on the throne. You don't talk to Aurora Borealises. Okay. <laughs> Fourthly, don't fall victim to, humi- to, to humanism where God is replaced by man as the measure of all things. It's probably the number one attack on our, on our nation is humanism. It's pervaded every university across the land except for Christian schools. And, and even, even some of Christian schools have got issues. You know all the Ivy League schools? Do you know what they all were? All the Ivy League schools were all seminaries before they were what they are now. And right now, they're bastions of secular humanism raising up a generation that doesn't believe in God. They just believe in themselves. Listen, I don't care how you have this view of yourself. You can't vote on right and wrong. Right and wrong's in Scripture. Listen, today, we could go and vote about, about the, the speed limit. I think it's too slow out here. It's 35, Jesus. We, should, we could vote and get that changed. Maybe. We could try, right? But we could vote and change things. Yeah, and you could change it. You could vote on gravity all you want. You can vote tomorrow at noon. Gravity doesn't exist. Yeah, that's awesome. Go jump off a building and see how that's working for you. Gravity will still exist because there are laws. 
There's natural laws and there's God's law. They work together. He created it. When you violate God's law, when you violate what He says is right, you're going to end up splat. And we have a whole nation that's turning, voting on what, you know, what, what marriage is. Marriage could only be one thing. It wasn't invented by man. It was invented by God. So you can vote that that's marriage, but that's not marriage. Union, perverse union, but you can't call it and we love people. We love people. You've got to speak the truth. Speak the truth. Amen. And, and speak the truth in love. Love slaps too, though. Come on, I've said if somebody breaks into your house. Lock and load, baby. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Amen. I'm ready. Come on, love. I love my family. Earthquake, I'm up. Who's the first one up? El Shaddad. It's me. I'm in, my, I'm in my room praying. The next thing, I'm charging into my beautiful daughter's room. Hannah, are you okay? Daddy. Oh, Daddy. It's like, it's okay, baby. And then I ran to my son. My son's old. Dad. I'm like, it's all right, son. It's an earthquake. And I came downstairs. <laughs> I love my family. What I mean, first thing I'm doing, I knew my wife was okay. Bam, I checked my daughter. Boom, I'm in the next room. I checked my son. And, the next, and everything's good after that because it doesn't really matter if the pictures fell off the wall or something, which they didn't because I put them upright. Give me some skin. Amen. Praise God. I have it. Land. Everybody say land the plane. Land the plane. Jesus, help me. Here we go. All right, I'm going to skip my illustration on the four blind guys and the, el- and the elephant. <laughs> God's not an optional idea. He's God, there's right, there's wrong, and it's clearly declared to us in his word. Amen. Amen. We're dependent upon him for ev- our every, uh, dependent upon him every day. Come on, someone say we're dependent upon him. We're dependent upon him. D, in living for him, we find purpose and meaning. You see, if God created all of these things, an infinite loving God created everything with a master plan, with a beginning and the end, and you find yourself in it. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. Oh, you might have you might have been the product of you know something in the back of a Chevy or something. And he said you were an accident, but you're not an accident. You have a, you, God's got a plan. God's got a purpose, and He has a plan and a purpose for you. If God has made all of these things with a beginning and the end, and He placed you and I, which are the most I'm gonna get to. I've almost started preaching. I can't help myself. Some of you don't know how special you are. And he placed you in the midst of it to fulfill his purpose and bring his kingdom. Come on, you have purpose and meaning. Come on, someone say, I've got purpose and meaning. And lastly, God is ever creating by his word and by his spirit. Can you say amen? That means if you don't have it right now and God speaks to you. I saw a supernatural thing for me and my family personally. That's why I went down and talked to my wife. And she confirmed what I saw because she had a dream last night that she didn't even tell me about. I saw the supernatural favor and blessing that was taking place something we've been praying for for 20 years I went and spoke to my wife she said I had a dream and such and such and so and so and it was like the Lord is like that's right see he's still he's not the former creator he is the creator did you get something come on stand up on your feet all across this place father thank you every eye closed every head bowed I've gone long If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place. Don't leave this place without being reconciled to Him. Don't do it. Don't let your sin remain. 
He made a way for you. He made a way for me. And His way to salvation is only through His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for you, rose again from the grave for you. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. No man comes to the Father except by by Him. He's the sheepfold door. And if you've not repented and believed on Him, and I'm not talking about believing and not receiving. Biblical believing is repentance and belief and bringing into your life, and it brings about a transformation. That's a biblical believing. The Bible says in the book of James that even demons believe and they tremble. America says they believe, but there's no repentance and there's no trembling. That's not the way God wants you to believe. He wants you to receive Him right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed, that's you. You want to give your heart to Jesus first time or in recommitment, raise your hand right now. Just put your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Come on, honestly. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand back there. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Come on, let's pray this right out loud. Pray right out loud with me all across this place. Those of you online also, say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for sending, pardon me, I, I retract that statement. It's his son that died. That's that fasting thing again. That's not heresy. Let's start over. We covered that with the blood. Let's start over. Dear Heavenly Father, Hallelujah. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. I repent. And I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray, touch your people right now. Break every chain, every bondage. Pour out your Spirit, God, upon them. Hallelujah. And now let me bless you as we close. Don't miss tonight. Six o'clock tonight. Don't miss it. If you want to sign up for the, the membership class, it's a great class on church history. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to. It's, we don't make anybody do anything around here. We encourage you to do the right thing, but it's up to you. You'll stand before God in the end, just as I will. But we'd encourage you to come to that. You'll learn about church history. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour class, and we'll feed you a wonderful meal. Hallelujah. So if you sign your name, then we know how many people to cook for. And, and also, if you've never followed the Lord in the ordinance of baptism, as a command to be baptized. It's a tank just beyond those blinds right there will be baptizing folks tonight. Isn't that right? Wonderful. Pastor Alex is going to be baptizing people. You need to sign up, though. All right? And then there's a class here at 5. It's a command. If you've not been baptized, you need to be baptized in water. It's important. Amen? All right, let's close. Father, thank you for what you've done. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. 
Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.